What's up? This is your girl, T. As a black woman in her 30s, I'm constantly trying to figure out life. But the one time of the week where it all seems to come together is on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, that's right, when I talk with my girls at brunch over a glass of champagne. I created this podcast to bring good vibes and open dialogue about various topics from mental health, relationships, personal development, the workspace, to the bubbly that happened over the weekend. Sundays are a time for celebration, rest, and reflection. So welcome to Champagne Sunday. Grab a glass, pop a bottle, and get ready to pour it up. Champagne Sunday is pleased to provide you with social media content for your personal education and informational purposes. Reliance on any information provided by Champagne Sunday or by any person or professional appearing on this podcast is solely at your own risk. Hey, 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 welcome back to Champagne Sunday. It's your girl T and it has been so long since I last did a podcast. I probably lasted one in September with my sister, Ari, and now I'm back because guess what? It's a new year. It's a new vibe and we're in here doing the thing and we're trying to do all things new and great and amazing. And one way to be great and amazing for this year is for me, I have noticed that I need to be consistent. And so I'm going to try my best to be consistent with this podcast and give you the best content and just keep pushing it out and just having pushing it out, but keep pushing out and having great content consistently, often and frequently on this platform and all on many platforms because you can find us on Apple, you can find us on Spotify, and you can also find us on Anchor. We're on all platforms. And so don't be afraid to tune in and catch up if you have not, because we actually had a lot of great episodes before I did this big pause. So make sure you go on those platforms and catch up for all the things that you might've missed. I mean, there were some great topics and great guests that came through and to spit some knowledge and just to have a great time. So don't forget to do that and catch up on those things. So if you are new here, welcome, welcome. You know, if you ever went to, um, oh my God, I just realized I have on my jacket. It's like inside out. It's not the right way. I'm about to change it. But if you ever went to um, Carolina Kitchen, then you know, and my voice might trigger because I'm about to stand up and change my jacket because it's on inside out. And I'm doing a video recording today. So we'll see how that goes. New things for the new year. So give me a second to pause. Which reminds me, I remember one time I went to work like that with my um, shirt inside out and my coworker was like, did you get dressed in the dark? And she was so serious about that. And I was like, isn't that supposed to be something that people say for fun? But she was really like, bitch, did you get dressed in the dark? Is your lights out? Um, that, remind, that reminded me of that. Um, but anyways, all of that to say is that it's a new year. We're doing new things. Make sure you catch up on all of the other episodes. And if you're new here, welcome, welcome. That used to be said at Carolina Kitchen. Anytime you went and went into Carolina Kitchen, if you're around the DMV area, it was something that they said. So welcome, welcome. Welcome to Champagne Sunday. And as always, our tradition is what are you sipping on? What are you drinking? It is a Sunday and we like to do our R's. We like to do our rest, relaxation, and reflection, especially reflection because it is a new year. So we're definitely reflecting on this Sunday. And in order to rest, relax, and reflect, 
we have to have a libation. And I personally am drinking, not champagne, which is odd. I'm not drinking champagne, but I'm drinking San Antonio red and red imperial wine which i really 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 love and it is tasting really good so with that being said raise your glasses and cheers to the new year mm -hmm. make sure you give eye contact because we don't want no bad years of sex okay um <laughs> so um so okay so we also do our bubbly. And so it's been long since I've done this, but we jump right into the things. We get right back into the flow, right? So with our bubbly today, I actually have to say that with this new year, I know everyone always has, and this is kind of what the conversation is going to be about today, that everyone has their new year's resolutions and things that they want to do and they're setting goals and they're trying to be all kinds of things, right? And so mine for this year has been really like adding into thing, adding things. So sometimes people focus on fasting and taking away things and priving themselves of things that may distract them from their goals. I'm more so are thinking about adding things in, adding in, right? And so one thing I decided to add in this year is going back to church. 2020 has really derailed me from going inside and like going to church. And I've really gotten comfortable, a little too comfortable with virtual service. So today I actually went to church earlier this morning. It was a really good sermon. And the basis of the scripture for the sermon was about wineskins. And it comes from Mark chapter two, verse 22. And this is going to be my bubbly for today because I think it is very much I'm going to use this word aligned because um, that has been a word that my friend keeps saying, like, I, I keep seeing alignment. And so I'm going to use the word aligned. That is in line with what we're going to talk about today. And so the scripture um, goes that and this is what Jesus, um, he responded and he said, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and the wine is lost. And so are the skins. But one puts new wine into fresh wine skins. And so the sermon today was all about change and making sure you change your thinking. So going into the new year, we rethink how we're thinking. And I love think, thinking about your thinking because that's metacognition. And so that's thinking about your thinking. So we're going to rethink how we think. And in the, in the purpose of that, we move away from our old self. So in order for God to bring in new and new things into our lives, that we have to, we can't be our old selves. We can't, you can't pour new wine into old skins. We have to shed our old selves, do go through change and sacrifice and discipline and go through the changes to create a new self so that we are more ready and fulfilled for God's blessing and the new things that he has for us for the new year. So if you're going through the new year, just expecting, and that's what I think of this, if you're going through the new year, just expecting new things to happen without really putting in forth change toward your habits, towards the things that you're doing, then it's not necessarily going to be fulfilling because you're not you you haven't changed yourself in a way for God to be allowed to work and to do his work. So in that um just really wanted to say that quote because I think it's it's really good 
and important to just talk about change. And I think it was a really good bubbly to go forth today. So kudos to Reverend Watley at Kingdom Fellowship for a wonderful sermon today. So with our bubbly, and just keep going into the flow, I do want to talk about New Year. So <laughs> it is 2023. Can you believe it? It's a new year. And I think this year, usually I'm, we do vision boards. And when we do vision boards, we always think about the things that we want on our vision boards. And usually it's like love, money, happiness, you know, ba- the basics in a sense. And this year I decided not to do a vision board. I haven't, I mean, I think if my friends, you know, have a vision board party, I'll, I'll come through, I'll do a vision board. But for me personally to work on my goals, I felt that it was important to just do something more personal and more connected. And so I also saw this idea of writing a letter to yourself. And I also got this because my client was talking about them journaling for the new year, which I thought was really dope and a a moment of proudness. Yes. A moment of, not my own pride, but a moment of being, just being really proud of my client for taking upon herself to do this journaling activity. And she was telling me about it. And I thought it was really dope that she had different prompts for her journal. And so some of them were reflective on 2002. So thinking about like stuff, like what would you give yourself grace for, for the 2022, like for something that you didn't achieve that you really wanted to, or a mistake you made? Um, What would you, what did you accomplish? What were your happiest moments? of 2022? What were some of the most supportive people in your life during 2022? I think then it went and reflected on 2023 and it talked more about what are some goals you want to set for the new year? What are some barriers maybe to those goals? What are you proud of that where you are right now? So it was a more so of setting yourself where you're giving yourself grace and accomplishment for what you have but you're also kind of looking and seeking toward the future, which I think is really good because I have this issue where, and I think a lot of times we're always focused on what's next, what's next, what's next, what's next. And in the moment, things can sometimes seem very much like, this is not where the fuck I wanted to be. And I'm going to be like 100 and honest, like having an honest conversation that if I look right now, if someone has said, this is where you're going to be in 2023, I'd have been like, you're fucking lying because- I would have been like, you're lying in the sense that there are a lot of good things that I've accomplished and achieved that I wanted to at this point in my life. But there are also things that I'm like, I didn't really see myself being in this position. I didn't really see myself being like this right here. Like if we're thinking about career and health and finances, there's some things that I'm like, I didn't really see myself like this. And so it becomes kind of a downer. It becomes kind of um, upsetting that you're not where you thought you would be. But then as I always tell my clients is like, is that how helpful are those thoughts? How helpful is it to think about all the things you haven't accomplished, but rather focus on all the things you have accomplished. And it gives you the sense of purpose that if I've accomplished this much you know, and these are things I have accomplished, then the world is mine in the sense that I can continue to accomplish. And maybe I have, I'm not where I am yet, but doesn't mean I'm not going to be right. And so I think flipping and rethinking your thinking and thinking in a different way 
helps to combat some of that disappointment and being upset about where you are currently. Because a lot of times we're just not there. We're just not where we want to be. And that's just the reality. And then sometimes we look at other people and we will say, man, they have this, this, and this. This is That's where I want to see myself. We compare ourselves. And that's not good either because that person is also saying, I want to be da-da-da-da. And I think the quote that a lot of people say, you know, remember a time where you prayed for the things you have now. And I'm like, yeah, you have to really think about that because at the end, we are where we are. And you have to, as Drake said, or not Drake, oh my gosh, as J. Cole says, you have to love yours. Love where you are present. Love what you have in the moment. Be grateful for what you have. And, and that's that gratitude. All of that to say is that I'm adding things into my um, new year and because I'm not where I want to be, but I'm grateful for where I am. And so adding things like consistency in all things has to be consistency. Consistency with this podcast, consistency with working out, consistency with meal prepping and dieting, consistency with spending less. Um, all of those things are some of my goals because I see myself in a different place. And even Reverend Watley today said, if by the end of 2023, or if, I guess not even really by the end, if you are in 2023 and you are looking up and being like, wow, I'm in the same place as I was in 2022. And you don't really see any growth. Something is wrong. Like it's, you have to see some type of growth. Um, but it's hard to get growth. It's not easy. It's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard to get growth. It's hard to, to stick it out and to be consistent in things. But it's possible for sure. In my reflecting of last year, I was thinking about like, man, what? where did a year go? So I remember I started off last year and I was in a good place financially. I feel like my mood was pretty decent. Um, this is around like January for sure. And when I say last year, it was like January. And then I remember like I traveled a lot last year and not just like international, but like domestic and just going back and forth to home. And there was also a lot of death. So I had my aunt died in February, my uncle died in March, and then my best friend died in July, I want to say, um, right after his birthday. And just thinking about those things, I realized like I still was traveling a lot. Like even when my aunt died in February, I feel like in March I went to California. That was in March. I went to California and I'm looking at those pictures when I was in California and I was like, I look pretty happy. Yeah. And then I also remember being in Chicago and I looked ha like happy. And I was just was thinking like, how did I cope last year with all of that death? And, and I honestly had to stop and pause. And I'm like, I think, and just to be real, I think I really cope with it by doing things. Like I just kept doing stuff and buying and buying stuff. I bought a lot of clothes last year. I took, a, again, I took a lot of different trips. I kept doing trips when I was home in DC. I, I always wanted to do an event. I wanted to go to a uh, happy hour. Well, I couldn't really go to happy hour because my work schedule, but I wanted to go to brunch and do brunch stuff. And then we went to the winery in July. Then we went to Chicago. Then 
Um, I wanted to go to Mexico and I just kept feeling like I needed to be somewhere. I needed to go somewhere. I wanted to do something. I needed it to, to be out. And I'm thinking back now and I'm like, wow, I think I would, that's how I was coping. I think I was coping with grief and just lost by doing, like, I just kept going and going and going and going and buying things. And then like homecoming came and I was buying clothes for homecoming and then just buying stuff that. I didn't necessarily need buying things from Amazon. And I look up and now it's January and I'm like, I bought a lot of stuff. And now I'm trying to recoup and get my finances back where I was. But I think that's, I think that's exactly how I grieved last year. And sometimes I think what I'm scared of and I'm be like 100% is that when the year starts off, everyone says, you know, these are my resolutions. These are my goals. This is what I want to do. You know, they have it all mapped out and laid out. But then at the end of the day, you know, you go through January and you go to hit week one, you hit week two and you're hitting the marks. Right. And then come March, you look up and you're like, wait, did I stick to, am I still on the course? And that's why I think for me, it has really been like, I need consistency. Consistency is key. Consistency is key because it's not just about getting through January or getting through February or getting through 21 days of something or getting through just a fast. But for me, it's like, how can I make the changes that I ha- have added into my life, a consistent habit? How can I make this a new lifestyle change where it's not a fad, it's not a fast, it's not a like a, a thing? And, and again, this is no play to anyone who's on a fast, who are doing something that, that you know, they're taking something out of their, their diet or they're, you know, refraining from alcohol or they're doing other things. That's not a, you know, a diss to that and saying it's not worth it. But I'm saying, I wanted to, personally wanted to focus on doing something that could be sustaining and the fact that, okay, now it's June and I'm still doing this thing. Now is it's September and we're almost through the year and I'm still doing this thing. Now I'm in October and I can tell you, I can definitely show you like there are differences from what I was doing versus what I wasn't from 2002 to 2023 because I've stayed consistent and I've stayed the course. That is kind of what I want for myself and to see the consistency and see it through. So another thing, and just kind of thinking about goals and this new year and how do you set goals, I think is really important. So I told you earlier that I wrote a letter to myself and I did it in a way, I didn't really go into detail a lot, but I wrote a letter to myself and I kind of, um, when I was writing the letter, I answered the prompts that I talked about, but I also wrote it in a form of a prayer. So I said, I pray that, and then I put, inserted the things that I hope that would happen um, in prayer form. So I pray that, for instance, that I will stay consistent with working out and X, Y, Z. But it's important to, if you're writing goals and writing them, writing them down, um, that they, and I talk to my clients about this all the time, and we use SMART goals, the SMART acronym. And I'm not sure if everyone is familiar with the SMART acronym, but it's S is specific, making sure that your goals are specific to what you're trying to achieve, um, and that they are narrow and very tied into 
your maybe overarching goal, but you break it down, right? So sometimes you have goals and you have objectives, but you want to make sure that your goal is very specific to whatever you're doing. You also want to make sure that the M in SMART is measurable so that your goals are measurable. It pretty much defines like the evidence that you have. Like, How are you going to prove that you're making progress and that progress is, is being made and reevaluating yourself? So if you're big on weight and you really want to lose weight, so you're saying you know, you're specific about how much weight you want to lose, but you also make sure that it's, of course, weight is a measurable construct. So you can get on a scale and you can weigh it. But the same thing as, for instance, if you're talking about finances, if you have a specific goal of, because finances is very broad. So it could be about saving more. It could be about spending less, about investing into different and things or trying to max out your 401k or do different things. I don't know. But whatever you're trying to do, making sure that it's specific for you or maybe improving your credit score, right? So then if that is the case, then how can you make your goal measurable? Like how can, how will I be, you know, checking in with myself to make sure that I'm reaching my goal? So that could mean that I'm checking in on my credit score or that I'm, you know, monitoring my bank Um, transactions more frequently, that I'm putting a certain amount into my savings account, making sure that whatever I'm doing or whatever my goal is, is that it's measurable and I can see my progress. If we're not talking about numbers like money and weight, if we're thinking something that is more personal or like mental health, so maybe I'm going to set a goal where I engage in more self-care. Okay, I'm going to be specific. What type of self-care? What is that self-care going to look like? And then how am I going to measure it? Okay, I'm going to engage in more self-care maybe once or twice out of the week, or I'm going to do it three times out of the day. Like when, how are you going to measure that? So you make sure you bring it back to numbers. And what we used to say in grad school is like making it operational, making it that you can measure it. So that's SM specific and measurable. The next one is attainable. Now, this is a good one. I always like to think about goals being attainable because we think about, are they realistic? And that's what I think, um, again, talking to my clients, are you making a realistic goal? Is this something that you're really going to be able to obtain in this amount of time or just in general? So we're thinking about, again, we talk about saving money, losing weight, or even self-care, right? So we want to make sure that we do a goal that is reasonable for your time and where you are currently. And so within a certain time frame, but also just not even time, just where you are. So for instance, if you know that you're a pretty busy person and you don't really like to wake up in the morning, right? So you're pretty, you're pretty busy and you don't like to wake up in the morning, but you set your goal to work out in the morning and you set out to work out twice. Like I'm going to work out in the morning and then I'm also going to work out in the afternoon. Is that really attainable? Because you already know you're not a morning person. You like to sleep in. And then you also know that you're busy. And so will your schedule afford you to work out twice in a day? So thinking about not just the time frame of when you want to, which is important too. Like sometimes we sell ourselves short and we want to say, I'm going to lose like 20 pounds within these three weeks, which is like maybe a fast diet or something. But again, we're thinking about things that we want to be long-term and consistent, like lifestyle changes for our goals and not just in the short term. So you want to make sure that it's attainable to you and your lifestyle, 
and also your preferences. Like you don't want to necessarily, you still want to be you. And I think that is something also that Reverend Watley talked about today is that he was like, my ideas can change, but my identity doesn't change. And I love that. My ideas can change, but my identity doesn't change. So you are still going to be true to who you are as you are attaining your goals and making sure that they're attainable. Like you are still, if you're not a morning person, you're not a morning person. If you're very busy and you're like, boom, 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 then you don't have time to work out two times you know, a day. But your idea is that I'm going to incorporate more workout, but I'm going to also make sure that it's true to my identity and who I am as a person, right? Um, and so that is, um, part of the A. So we have S M A and then the R is relevant. So your goal should align. And there we have again, align that word is coming up. And I laugh because my friend was like, I keep seeing that word. And me being a psychologist, I'm like, you see the word because the word is on your mind. Like we attract the things that we're thinking about. We attract the things that we, we have on our minds, our thoughts, like we automatically see those things. We want them. And that's why words are so powerful. Thoughts are so powerful. But you have to make sure that your your goals are aligned with your values and long-term objectives. So we talked about, object, I mentioned objectives earlier, and objectives are the to-dos, the things that you're doing, right? So your goal could be, I want to lose weight, I want to lose XYZ amount of pounds, by XYZ time, and I'm making sure that it's attainable or whatever. But my objectives are how are you going to lose the weight? So I'm going to meal prep. These are objectives. I'm going to meal prep. I'm going to work out. Um, I'm going to take these supplements. I'm going to cut out, you know, fast food. I'm not going to do Uber Eats. Those are like the objectives, the to do's. And that's going to help you to obtain and, and reach your goals. And so also too, and I, I said this earlier about your identity of making sure that they're attainable to your identity, but also your values. So making sure that they're relevant. Um, a lot of times with social media, I think that we see people doing things and making goals for themselves. And we may like, mm, maybe I should incorporate that goal into, into what I'm doing. Maybe I should too. But is it relevant to you and your values? What do you value? Um, is that something that you're really value? You know, is that something that is a value to you? Is that something that you really want to work towards? Um, a lot of times people have career goals. I mean, that's great to have career goals, but is that is something of value to you right now? I realized when I was writing my letter, a lot of my goals didn't really pertain to my career. Like I, I think I forced myself to make some goals about my career again, but I realized that right now my value doesn't really align with I'm not going to say I don't value my career, but it doesn't, a lot of things that I want, I think are, is orbiting that. And so um, I may not have a lot of goals that are directly related to my career, but that is okay because maybe my values for 2023 are going to be focused on health. Um, it's going to be focused on family. It's going to be focused on something different, you know? So making sure that your goals are relevant. Um, the next one is time-based. So that's the T. We have S-M-A-R-T. We did we did uh, making sure your goals are specific, making sure they're measurable, making sure they're attainable, making sure they're relevant. And now we're going to make sure that they're time-based. So we're going to set a realistic, ambitious end date for the tasks and just for make sure that we're prioritizing our goals and that we are motivating ourselves. Now, this could be the hard part because we can, I, I think this is what I told you my fear was earlier, is that we can sometimes make goals 
about, you know, for the year. So I'm going to achieve X, Y, Z by December, which is great. But sometimes if you're like me (laughs) and you might have ADHD or you have a hard time kind of getting started with things, if you make a goal, like you make it like, I have the whole year to achieve this, that sometimes that can cause you to procrastinate. Sometimes that can cause you to be more, a little more lenient on yourself. Again, definitely have compassion and grace for yourself when you don't always do the day-to-day things or your day-to-day objectives. For sure, have self-compassion and grace. Don't beat yourself up and give yourself gratitude and be grateful for the things that you have. But also you still want to have some haste um, and you still want to make sure that you are up on it, like you're on top of things. And so if you have check-ins, I like, I feel like time-based is good. And I do, I think I realized from my goals, I do have the end of the year to be like, yeah, but I, I know in my head, I'm hoping to see some change or some differences. And again, making them measurable, you can start to see, I'm hoping to start to see some harvest or some benefits from my, um, you know, planting and sowing and doing those things um, around the spring. I think I'm hoping to see something. I'm not hoping that that my goal, like I have my end all be all goal, but I'm hoping to see something. So I think it's also good that you have long-term goals. So when we think about time-based, you have a time-based goal that says, I'm going to reach this goal by the end of December. But you also have like smart, like smart, small goals that are like a little increments or benchmarks that you can use to say, okay, I'm on the right path or I'm like, I'm getting there. So I think that's really good to have, to use the SMART acronym for reaching your goals. It's always good if you're kind of like stuck and you're not sure how I should phrase my goals, make sure that you have a SMART goal that is specific and also always think about your objectives, your to-dos. How am I going to get to where I need to be? My to-dos is very important. So that's how I would go about setting goals. If you're thinking about how do I set these goals? Smart goals is the answer. So another big thing with the new year is relationships. Ah! (laughs) Like scare me away. And gosh, I have to say like I'm 33 and Relationships were easy, I feel like, when I was in my 20s because I really didn't care. Like, when I was in my 20s, it was just, like, all fun. It was, like, I didn't really care about commitment, relationships, or anything. But now when you're in your 30s and you're, like, mm, I really would like someone to spend my life with, it gets scary and it gets really, like, what is going to happen? So, you know, in the new year, you always say, you know, you want to frame it of you want, you know, some new love or new interest or you want someone real to come in your life or you want to find that person for some people not everybody some people are okay being single others are not but most people i think particularly black women are like i'm looking for the one the husband because you know they're searching for that uh real love i'm searching for real love someone to set my heart free real love all right all right i'm stop. i'm stop. I know y'all ain't asked for the Tanisha show because I can bring the vocals, but I won't. Sorry. (laughs) But not sorry because Mary J is always a vibe and always appreciated and welcomed, period. 
And so in thinking about that, because, you know, when you go home, everybody has like these memes nowadays. Like when you go home for like Christmas or you go to holidays, everybody knows like there's family members who say stuff. And so they're always the memes of like what what kind of clapbacks are you going to give and what you're going to say when your parents question you about your job or your relationships or how much weight you gained or XYZ, right? And so it's funny because I never really expect that. Like at this point, I feel like I used to, but it sometimes... I realized like as you get older, your family just get tired of asking you questions about your life because they, they're like, this this chick is going to just do what she's going to do. So I ain't going to ask no more. And that's how I found it to be. And so, <laughs> and so, but I came across like this time, my aunt who she sometimes come for Christmas and she doesn't, but she's my, um, my grandmother's sister on my mom's side. And she came and we were having dinner and she brought up the question. And then it's funny because my grandma, crin- well, my mom says that my grandma cringe, but I didn't really realize my grandma's face when my aunt asked me this, but she was like, you so pretty. You gotta have a boy. Somebody must want you. And you know, I don't really, I don't think those are triggers for me. I know they can be triggers for a lot of people, but for me, those aren't triggers. For me, what sometimes is like annoying is when people ask me like, so what is it that you do? And she asks that too. That can be like, it's just like, it's hard to explain what I do as a psychologist because I do so much. But uh, she asked that. She was like, so I know somebody, won't you? And I was like, uh, what did I say? I said, I said, the problem isn't finding, yeah, that's what I said. I said, the problem isn't finding someone. I mean, I could find somebody to bring here too. It's finding the right person. And then I think my mom said, yeah, you know, that's right. Da, 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 da. And it definitely is. It's not like, I mean, because I used to, people always say that. Like when you're younger, they're like, you're pretty. I know somebody wants you. And it's like, why is it that the requirement is like you, like you just have to be attractive to like attract some like obviously that you don't have to be attractive to have a boyfriend clearly or a girlfriend or a partner or a significant other you can be however I've seen some of the oddest looking people have intimate relationships and be in a relationship or have serious committed relationships but I feel like it's interesting that I've always heard like you pretty so you have to have somebody but it's like you're right I could have somebody but why would I just want to have anybody or somebody just because they think I look good? Like when you think about a partner, you want me to bring, and you are asking me like, like they're supposed to be here with me. Don't you think it's quality? Yeah. So I always, I'll, I'm always fascinated by that question because it's, it's always privied by beauty and beauty to me when it comes to committed relationships is not really much of a factor as other things. Like when you're thinking about, a serious longevity, like long haul relationship. Like there could be people, like people can have boyfriends and girlfriends for days in. Doesn't mean they're going to have a marriage. Doesn't mean they're going to be with that person forever. But it's always just, you know, weird when they initiate with like, you're pretty, you should have. And it's like, okay, I could have, you know, I could have, I could bring somebody home, but like, would it be of someone quality? Would it be of someone with substance? Would it be someone who's going to respect you? I could bring someone home who thinks I'm pretty and they could like ignore you the whole time. Would you, would you want that? (laughs) Like what? Like, I don't know. But I think that's just interesting that it's always pivoted with that. And so thinking about the new year and what you want in relationships and all those things, 
I've realized that you come to a place of not necessarily what I want in a partner, but what necessarily I don't want in a partner. Like what I won't really want. I don't really want to fucking tolerate some of these things. And there are a lot of things. Another thing too about the new year, I know that is mental health comes up a lot in the new year and thinking about how to, in the beginning, it's all about resetting, refocusing and eliminating stress, sometimes also to setting boundaries and what that looks like. I think that's a, a good one of uh, that we always see is people saying, you know, I'm going to cut so-and-so off or I'm not going to be with so-and-so. I'm going to cut them off. And what that looks like of setting boundaries and cutting people off. Um, and I think people have a, I th- sometimes I think it's um, a misconstrued idea of what setting boundaries are. And, you know, sometimes people are like, if I set, like, I think they think about it as like a roadblock. If I set this boundary, then that boundary is there. But mm, boundaries can be lifted. Boundaries can be moved. They can be changed. Um, and they can be set as needed. Um, and it's and honestly the whole purpose of setting boundaries is for one's uh, mental health, one's um, making sure that one limits their stress level and their overwhelm. And so just because you say, I'm going in the new year and I'm going to say no and I'm starting boundaries doesn't mean that you have to say no to everything. It just means that you're being more cautious about what you say yes to. So in the sense of that you're going to start really not overextending yourselves. Sometimes people have issues with saying, you know, yes to a lot of things and then they're overwhelmed and have a lot on their plate. But to me, setting a healthy boundary means that you're going to put more consideration into what you say yes to and not necessarily say no to everything, but you're going to make sure you have a balance. Um, So that could be setting a boundary. Sometimes it is about cutting people out of your life. And, um, but I think that cutting someone out of your life is an extreme boundary, right? So I'm going to completely take them out of my life. But I even had a client who said that she has a, she loves her mom and has a, has, she enjoys spending time with her mom, but notice that when they spend time together, that it sometimes leads to toxic behaviors and arguments. And then it starts to impede on her mental health and she's upset and it takes away from the enjoyment of being with her mom. And so a boundary we thought about Pudding, instead of saying, just, you know, take your mom out of your life, no longer talk to your mom, don't do that, is more so because she said that her mom would, you know, behave in certain ways and and just, it would just go left, that her boundary was, well, she, because we kind of dissect it, like, when do things go, go left? And we come to the conclusion that when she stays the night over at her parents' house, like, so she is there during the day and then she said she stays the night when it's an extended period of time, that's when things usually go left. And it also goes left because usually by that time, her mom may start drinking or partaking in alcohol, which kind of also umps, umps the ante of things going left or conflict being had in arguments. So the boundary was like not to not go, not to just say no to going to your parents' house, but the boundary was, okay, I'm not going to stay over in my parents' house. I'm not going to do that, right? I'm not going to, I'm going to make sure that I stay, come in, I visit for a few hours and then I leave and make sure I go back home. And then I think there was a holiday and she ended up staying over and one would say, well, now I'm going against my boundaries, but not necessarily, you know, if you felt that, okay, 
if you felt like since I set this boundary, you know, me and my mom have been doing pretty well, it hasn't been a lot of conflict, then in that case, it's okay if you say, okay, I'm going to spend the night this one night, knowing that you are letting up a boundary and you're going into that situation, but also going into it prepared, knowing that it could also be a trigger for you and knowing that and how to move about that. And so a preparation for her triggers has been when I see my mom starts to go irate or engage in that behavior, I remove myself from the situation. So, and I I, I just love how, again, another powerful moment of just my clients of, I love how we can really start to realize that boundaries aren't black and white and that they're gray gray areas. And so she said that while she, when she stayed over, she started to see her mom, you know, partake in alcohol and get to that place. And she said she removed herself and she went to her room and her mom noticed that and came to her and, you know, they, they talked a little bit and then she went to sleep. But in that sense that she realized like what would be a trigger for her and she realized that I can't control my mom drinking. I can't control what my mom does, but I can control me in that situation. And I can control whether I stay the night. And I can also control whether I, I stay in the company of this person as they continue to drink and, and engage in these um, maladaptive behaviors. And so I think it's important that as we go into 2023, or as we are here and continue to go into 2023, that we realize that boundaries don't have to be so harsh and doesn't, and they don't have to be, and they're not permanent. That boundaries can be boundaries can move, they can shift, and they also can, there's steps to the big boundary. Because I think cutting someone off is, to me, cutting someone off completely is the, I've tried everything else and this is, this has to be done, right? I've tried to limit my communication to this person. I've tried to limit my interactions with this person. I tried to only see this person in certain settings and around certain people and all of these things have not worked. And so at this point I have to cut this person off. I think that is, and I think sometimes people are like, well, that's too much work. I don't want to have to do all that. I just want to cut the person off. Well, if you just want to cut the person off, then Hey, cut them off. But I think also too, um, and even thinking about the sermon today, that sometimes some things are going to be hard. You know, not everything is easy and not everything is is black and white again. Not everything is all or nothing. And that life, there are going to be gray areas to situations. There are going to be times where you might have to, to, you know, work on a relationship. And I think even to going back to when we're thinking about wanting love for the new year, wanting to be in a relationship and working on yourself and working on what boundaries look like to you, how you set those, I think is good uh, single work to do for when you are in a relationship, because then you can communicate your boundaries to someone else. You can communicate how you set boundaries and that could be um, something that you do in that relationship. And I think sometimes the hardest part of people setting boundaries is the response to the boundaries, right? So I think people are like, okay, I set this boundary. And I think that's where people get hung up where they like cut somebody off. I just cut them off. I didn't, you know, I didn't, they didn't do any of the prelude or the the prelude work that I just talked about. They just went ahead and cut them off. And what they realize is when you cut someone off, the response, right? It's like that person might call you all the time. They might text you all the time. They may blow up your inbox, fill it up, fill it up to the top. You know, they might see you with anger and be 
outraged and mad at you. You know, they might spread and talk about you to other people that you, you know, are still connected to mutually. It's a lot of backlash that you can get from setting boundaries. And people are sometimes scared of that backlash as well. And so they won't set the boundaries because they feel like that's too much to deal with. Like, I don't want to have to deal with that. But at the end of the day, it's like any behavior. If you're thinking about a child, and we have, we always say that when we're extincting behavior or when we're working with children and we're trying to eliminate or reduce a behavior, there's always going to be an extinction burst, meaning that they're going to rev up the behavior that we're trying to eliminate just to push it to the, the to, to the limit to see, to see like it has to work. You know, if you've always been reinforcing this person with attention and you've always been catering to this person and talking to this person, like, you know, you forgive them easily and you say, okay, it's all right. And you go back and then all of a sudden you say, nope, I'm going to put a boundary. They're going to rev up that behavior and they're going to reach out to you and talk to you and try and try and try because they're not used to you setting this boundary. That's the response to it. And so as people who are setting boundaries, we have to get used to that. People are going to respond how they respond, but you have to remind yourself that it's not being mean. You're not being rude that you're doing this for your mental health. And I think a great comparison is like thinking about what it was before, you know, you set the boundary, like you set the boundary for a reason. It's there for a reason. You're not doing it just because I want to be petty. Hopefully you're not because some people do do the things to just be petty, but you're doing it for your mental health. You're doing it to be in a better place and to feel better about yourself. And so that I think is the difference when you're thinking about, setting boundaries and being able to stick through them. When we're talking about consistency through the year, this is the this is how we reach that consistency with setting boundaries because we know we're setting boundaries for our health and we're also not just going out there with the most harsh harshest boundary, but we're setting it up for ourselves in in the best way. And we're also having coping strategies for when we still may be triggered in any way, even when we have set. Um I think it's important to think about that for the new year because a lot of people that you see it's always boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. I'm not carrying X, Y, Z into the new year. The thing I wanted to get into a little bit is I keep saying this meme and it's like, I think I healed a little too much because now I don't like anybody. And I saw this, this meme, I saw it. And then I saw people like reposting it. And then people are like, then someone like recaptured it in a text form. And they said, I saw this post and it said that, and I think it's a very um, interesting concept because we think about healing, we think about new year, we think about setting boundaries, attaining new goals, adding things, taking away things from our life. And it's all in the hopes that we achieve, whether it's happiness, a feeling of calm, a feeling of peace, our feeling of healing in some some instances when it comes to like maybe trauma and those things are just stress. We want to be healed from the things that have been taken away from us. I think it's interesting because again, I was talking to my friend and when we just was talking about relationships, we realized like as you get older, it's less about what you want and more about what you don't want. And I think that's what to me how it is spoke is is necessarily like as I heal more the less I like people because I, I feel, and I'm going to use this word too, because my friend brought it up alignment, that I feel that people who I see 
aren't in line with my goals. They aren't in line with what I want. And so because they aren't in aligned with what I want in my life, what I'm seeing for myself, I don't like them. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to engage. And I think that's key because it is true. The more healing that you do, the more work that you do on yourself in a better place, you start to want to protect your peace more because you realize what it takes. People people who want to protect their peace, people who, who are very... um. And they might seem isolated, but people who are very protective of who they are and their peace and they they um, make sure that, that that isn't disrupted, it's because they know how much work it took to get there. It takes a long time to get comfortable with yourself and just with who you are as a person and mentally there, especially if you have even as some adversities like mental health concerns like ADHD, anxiety, depression. Um, it could, you know, bipolar is also a form of depression. If you have some type of mental um, health concern that's also impeding on your peace on top of maybe stressors and people, that it takes a long time to get to that healing, that peace, to do the therapy work, to do the work. So when people get there, they're like, F it. I don't want you to come in and, and disrupt my peace. And so because I don't want you to come in and disrupt my peace, the more people I realize, I don't like y'all. I don't like, I don't like how you moving. I don't like how you shaking. I don't like, I don't like what I see over there. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I don't want it in my circle. And it's funny because he's just joking. He's like, I think I healed too much, but I don't think it's necessarily too much unless it becomes to me what too much healing would look like is when you have an actual fear, you start to develop a fear and a wall goes up and you don't want others to come in. Even when others have proven themselves to be worthy of your time and your trust that you still have a wall up, that's when it starts to become maladaptive. That's when your healing is not working in an adaptive way. It becomes kind of, it, it becomes working against you and not for you. So that's why I will only say that someone could have too much healing when now they don't want other people to come in because they're like, I, I, I just can't risk it. I'm too afraid. I don't want it. That's what I would say too much healing. But I think in the sense of how he was saying, it's just that I'm just hyper aware and alert that eh, 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 can't be in my circle. Nah. Cut it. You know, we was you say cut it, cut it, cut it cut it, cut the people out are honestly. And I think too, it's also like, I saw another post I thought it was cool. It's like, I, I don't have to cut nobody out because I got rid of them a long time ago. And so it's also to like, not even cut it, but you don't, you ain't even welcome in the circles for me to cut you. So you can stay outside. You gotta, you gotta hate from outside. Um, so I think that was a good New Year's meme that I saw that I really liked. Okay, so as we end this episode today, we know that we always have a bubbly, how we start off. We we cheers, we toast up, we figure out what we're going to do, how we're going to cheer it, what we're going to say. We also have what we call car pour it up. Oh, can I sing? Probably not. Okay. So we have our pour it up moment. And our pour it up moment is something about you can either discuss a tool that you will use to pour into yourself for the week, a tool that has helped you in the past that you use to help pour onto yourself. Um, but basically it's how are you gonna pour into yourself? And we've been talking about this this whole episode about pouring into ourselves for the year. So this pour it up moment. I would say, what are you going to use? Think about and reflect on what you're going to use to pour it up. Are you going to use your 
support system to pour into you and pour it up? Are you going to use the Bible? Are you going to use a scripture? Are you going to use church um, community? So maybe not your personal friends, but maybe your church friends, your church group, your community. You're going to rely on them to help you reach some of those goals. What tools are you going to use to pour into yourself this year to fulfill your goals, whether they're physical, mental, spiritual goals, whether they are long-term, short-term, what are you going to use to pour into yourself? Some people have technology. Some people are going to use their phones to set goals and expectations to organize. I've seen a lot of people online and I follow a lot of people who like to organize things. I love, it's so satisfying to watch people organize online. Don't ask me why. Um, but I've seen a lot of people organize their, their closets, organize their spaces, organize, you know, their bathrooms. So they're using Amazon to find different materials and things that could be a tool to go and make sure you organize your space. So your space feels free and less cluttered and that you feel less cluttered. You know, sometimes when we rearrange, uh, we used to say like feng shui, but you rearrange your room, you rearrange your, your environment that it starts to help rearrange your mind and it feel less cluttered. But what are you going to use to do that? You know, are you going to lend on some friends to help with that or you know use Amazon technology reminders a lot of times people like to do it old school use journals paper and pencil so what are your tools going to be going into the 2023 year and pouring into yourself think about those tools that you want to use and with all of that being said that is the end of this episode of champagne sunday i hope that you enjoyed it and that you are glad that we are back at it we are back here again every sunday with an episode for your entertainment for entertainment purposes although we talk about mental health and all of those great things remember that we are for entertainment purposes you can check us out on our instagram you know and find all videos all updates on there And again, we're on all platforms. So I will see you next Sunday. Bye, loves. Peace.